Hey, what's up, guys? We are live, the Comics Pals, here for Pals Pulls. We've got Tyler. What's up, hot dog? He can't stop me from saying it. <laughs> That's right, because uh, I'm Sean. And Kale and Marco have uh, absconded. They have decided that they want to continue their relationship beyond and uh you know go live their lives together so they they couldn't be here today i i can i can't say exactly what happened to marco though marco on his little trip to the uk um tried stealing that that prize scepter from the tower of london it was a real dumb move honestly dude dude watches <laughs> one one national treasure and thinks oh you know i could do it <laughs> hey what's up guys good to see you uh we have a highlighted message right away from matt murphy that oh, says sean say tmnt is important i i say that i say tmnt is extremely important and for what it's worth matt i actually got what you were trying to say um and i think i agree oh wow I, yeah, I think it could be a good, good question agree. for uh, for Saturday when we talk about listener questions, Matthew. Jesus, Absolutely. wrong freaking show, doofus. Absolutely. This show is about reviewing comics, and we've got five. Count them. We've got five. There, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We've got five today because Tyler and I just could not hold ourselves back. We we lost some pals for today, but we added books. Go figure. Lost some pounds? I wish. Pals. Got it. Got it. Uh, we've got uh, Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number one. Sean, can you show me the cover to real quick? Justice, yeah. That's, that's, that, that whole top third of that cover, there's too much going on right there. It's, it's yeah, too. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Batman 133. Okay, all right. Nightcrawlers, number two. Uh, the book we added, Amazing Spider-Man, mm. number 21. We just could not resist. And the listener pick this week by a landslide, to the surprise of probably no one, we're talking Scott Snyder and Francis Manipool's Clear, number one. Which is not about so, a doctor giving like the, the CPR machine to people. Uh, <laughs> I was misled. Somehow Scott Snyder was able to avoid just leaning right into that Got it. for this okay. one. And it's yeah. not about Scientology either. They're not, they're not going clear in this. Although, no. we'll, well, get to it. we'll get to it. Um. Good crop of books, definitely, but let's see how much we actually enjoyed them. If you read any of these books, definitely let us know your thoughts in the comments about the books. You can do so in the comments section of any uh, anywhere you listen, regardless of where it is, whether that be YouTube, Twitch, uh, podcast of choice, whatever it is. Let us know your thoughts. Of course, the best way to support the show is through patreon.com slash the comics pals, where for as little as what, Tyler? Uh, I was muted. Uh, th three? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm playing all the roles right now. So you should say that with confidence. I, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing a whole bunch of different characters today. It's it's like an improv <laughs> night. For as little as three dollars a month, you get access to our newsletter and a whole host of other cool stuff, and you get to help us out. So uh, we appreciate everybody who makes that choice. If you want to watch this show live, it's every Thursday at six p.m. Eastern. And then Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, Punisher. Punisher. Mm. Big Punisher <laughs> news. Daredevil. Punisher. Filming in my Disney city Plus. right now, too. And I'm, I'm trying to weasel my way there. But it is. You should be able to do that. Trust me. I am, I've, I've gotten close. <laughs> Dude, say you're we'll, auditioning we'll, for. We'll, we'll talk off air. We'll talk off air. <laughs> You could be Foggy Nelson. The, the, I mean, I'm growing the mullet that he had in the show, so who knows? I can see Maybe it. I've been trying. I can definitely pull off Foggy. You, yeah, I, yo, that is your next Halloween costume, Foggy Nelson. Who are you supposed to be, Foggy Nelson? All right, see ya. Like nobody's gonna. <laughs> like, I, I mean, your, no one's gonna who, care. Who yeah, are you? Not like, what? Like, who are you trying to be? Not what's your name? I'm like, oh, name. Who, who are you gonna dress up as? Spider Man. I was Man Spider one Halloween. Oh, God. <laughs> Do I want to know? It's an Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference. But, okay. Yeah. Blew right by me. Ooh. So uh, we will move on to talking about the books. And we're going to kick things off with, of course, the number one. We're going to talk 
Dawn of DC Adventures of Superman John Kent number one Road to Injustice mm-hmm. by Tom Taylor Clayton Henry on the art Jordi Belair on the colors I don't understand how she is doing the colors for every book I'm reading uh, Wes Abbott on the letters did she just like now, master the paint bucket tool and like it's that easy for her now like it must be it must be and when we interviewed when we interviewed um, Kelly Thompson. I asked her about Clayton Cowles and I said, you know, like, do they have him chained somewhere? Because this guy is lettering everything. And she said that, listen, they don't make a lot of money. So they make it up by picking up a lot of books. And maybe that's what's going on here with the coloring. Uh, But Jordy's name is always a pleasure to see on any book. Mm -hmm. I think she's, she's becoming one of those, her names on the book. That adds credence to it for me where I'm like, oh, maybe I should pick this up. Even sometimes when I've seen her write stuff, didn't she write Buffy for a bit? Yes, yeah. yes, and that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, I did, that, I that was that. cool. Yep. Uh, let's talk about this. So, this book opens up showing us a uh, an alternate Earth from the multiverse where Ultraman is killing a Superman, and he is doing it very, very easily. And I kind of got the feeling right out the gate that this is something that he's been doing. Uh, this is not his first rodeo in terms of killing a Superman. So, okay, sure. It's like a, like a Highlander uh, situation? What do you mean by that? Like there can be only one sort of thing? So, I've heard of the Highlander rule, but I, I guess I don't know. I didn't know what that it's was. It's a to. fantasy property. It's like, yeah. I see. Got the guy who played uh, Raid, uh, Raiden in uh, the original Mortal Kombat movie. Don't even talk to me about that. I, know I love that guy. I know, I know. So you might want to check out uh, Highlander. Oh it's, man, it's like real dumb to. sci-fi stuff, sci fantasy sort of thing. Yeah, that's sick. John Kent is a character that I really don't fully get what DC mm-hmm. wants to do with him. I mm-hmm. like him. I've enjoyed everything really that I've seen him in as an adult and even as a kid, uh, or you know, a young adult. And this is no exception to that. I did enjoy the comic book. However, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I feel like I need to come back issue over issue. It's it, it's sort of low to the ground in terms of showing us John's, you know, relationship and his home life and things like that. Things get muddied and you know, when the multiverse gets involved and we have some cool cameos from Valzad and things like that. And all that was perfectly fine. But I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking forward to with John Kent. I don't know if I care about seeing John Kent in the Injustice universe. I don't know if I care about seeing John Kent dealing with Ultraman from another universe. What about his homeland situation? You know, this is a kid that was sequestered. This is a kid that was gone. I would like to get into that. And I don't know if maybe I'm just ignorant to it because I didn't read the last volume, but I would like to know about that. I would like to know how he feels. What I do like about this is that that they are confronting probably the biggest injustice to the character uh, is what, uh, what, what Bendis did to him and, you know, took him off the table. And... Right. Uh, Ultraman is the antagonist there. And he never really right. like Superman came and saved or he kind of escaped. I, I forget what it was, but like that was never really cleaned up. Yeah. Um, so them, atta- you know, them tackling that right out of the gate for this. I was like, all right, fine. But in doing so, they're doing the same thing. That was the injustice to J- Jonathan Kent in the first place. Exactly. They're taking right. him off the board of the DC universe and sending him on, you know, Captain Carrot multiverse. Uh, uh, Valzad journey, which I'm fine with, but like he he finally has a supporting cast. He finally has his own mm-hmm. characters, and now it's just like, all right, see you, bye. Gonna do some multiversal yeah. stuff, which like I'm of two minds of. It's I think it could be fun. I really like DC multiverse stuff. It gets real fun. I like Valzad as a character, um, and I like how this is a decision John needs to make for himself. Like Superman's gone, John has to make this call. I like that. But, like, I also am like, I'm with you. Like, they don't really know what they're doing with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is weird because this is Tom Taylor, who's been the one spearheading him. 
And I think that's kind of the problem. Mm, okay. I think that new, sometimes, new needed. yeah, sometimes a character or, or rather a writer picks a character to be their baby and they kind of have a stranglehold on the direction and they kind of want to do what they want to do. I mean, look, it's no surprise that the big storyline that they're touting for this is a crossover with Injustice. That's Tom Taylor's other baby. So that's where he cut his teeth. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're taking your baby and mashing it up with your other baby. What about Mm. the rest of the DC universe? This is the time for John Kent to rise. This is the dawn of DC. This is supposed to be about the young people. Why is your your lead young person who represents everything you want modern DC to be about on a mission not on Earth, not at the head of the table on the Titans? I don't get it. I don't mean to rant. I don't mean to rant. Well, that's but... fine. There's only two of us. You're allowed to rant. <laughs> um, you're just so you're anti. Just making it clear, you're anti baby smashing. Baby mashing, essentially. Uh, both of those. I'm anti both. Yes, <laughs> okay, just I'm definitely the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without question. Um, but okay. but I I do want to go ahead. Go ahead. I would think I think we're gonna say the same thing because like it's still a good book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I don't have any critique really with the book. I think the Clayton Henry art is is good. I think it's like just clean, good capes and cows comic book you know right no frills not overly complicated it's not you know it's not jage williams trying to you know reinvent you know the page but it's just clean and and, and works yeah i completely agree and there you know there's a funness to it that i think the superman books all have right now and i'm really Mm -hmm. appreciating that across the board even the scenes that aren't necessarily intended to be fun like i like seeing lois lane you know, I like to see her and she's his mother. That's a different relationship. She can Lois Lane can be in the Superman books featuring Clark Kent, but she can also be in this book. And she plays a different role depending on which book she's in, because she's the protagonist's husband or wife, rather. Um, although some people might say she is Superman's husband, but she's the protagonist's wife in Superman. But the protagonist's mother here. So I like that. Yeah. And, and also um, he's going to be traveling with a version of his mom, too, in a way. Right. That's like Which kind of a, a twist here. Yeah. That was a super cool wrinkle as well. Nothing wrong with this book. I enjoyed it a lot. I did like how they, they're tying back to what? Like the first New 52 Earth 2 books? Is that where it's going all the way back to when, when they say Earth 2? I wasn't sure which volume I they were referring guess, to. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Right. Is that we would have gotten Valzad around that time, I think. Yeah. Which which I appreciate. I don't know how that lands or if it matters at all for somebody who's newer to comics. No. But if you've been around the block and you live through the new fifty two, then things like <laughs> lived that through it. it. It was it's something like, it's to like live COVID. Through, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm suffering from the, the symptoms of long fifty two, actually. Dude. Yeah. I think DC suffering from that. <laughs> uh I, I want a shirt that says that. I live through the new fifty two. We should, we should get that up on the merch store. I can do it. I can do it tomorrow. Can, Busy tonight. Can do it tomorrow. You guys can check out the merch store. We've got things like this cup that I'm holding up if you're watching us on video platforms. You got Blue, blue Moon uh, in there, Sean? I got Blue Moon in there. Yes, there indeed. Cheers. I just have a coconut LaCroix and a cat, so I can't even drink right now. Well, yeah. You're fighting off allergies right now. Oof. I, it's working. I'm pulling on this. This is very good comics, I think. I just... The only thing that I really am criticizing is the overall direction for the character that I simply disagree with and that I think they could be doing more with him. But what's happening is working as well. Like, I don't agree with the booking, but the creative is working for me. Yeah, for you wrestling marks out there. There you go. Put it in another language so they understand it. I only speak English and wrestling, actually, so kind of funny. Yeah. Um, also a pull for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Easily. But not your book of the week. No, no, it's not. Okay. All right, good. Uh is it the next book, Batman 133? It is not. Oh. All right. I thought you were gonna say it was. And if you had said that, 
I would understand hmm. because Batman is on a roll. So this is part three of the uh, the storyline we've been here where Batman is in an alternate Earth and he's sort of trying to find his way out while he also saves the Gotham that he is in. With Chip Zdarsky, of course, who is the writer, Mike Hawthorne on pencils, Adriano de Benetto on inks, and Tamu Moray on colors, Clayton Cowles on letters. Chip is trying to establish that regardless of where the Gotham is, whether it's his Gotham of origin or otherwise, if Bruce Wayne is in Gotham, he must defend it. He must save it. And this issue accelerates that idea. It puts us in the thick of Batman's plan to try to find out what's going on. It raises the stakes. We get this ver- this uh, Earth's version of Alfred, which I thought led to some really powerful moments. And uh, I felt like we were reading. I felt like we were reading a Batman. It's almost like getting how how powerful a modern Batman would be in year one. Like if you could go back, because this man is resourceful. This man is beating up a. First of all, he's going to war with the G. Second of all, he's fighting a stare of well venomized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harvey Dent, and he's Venom having does, no problems. Yeah. Venom doesn't have the horrible steroid side effects. <laughs> he got shot. I think it was in the last issue or whatever <laughs> happened to him. The man was that. getting yeah. his ass beat. This Batman is a soldier. He's a Terminator. He's like Fifty Cent. Yes, many men. Many men have wished death on Bruce Wayne. Well, he don't but cry, he don't no, cry more no more. Yeah. <laughs> he don't look to the sky no more. I'm glad you referenced my favorite song off that album. Great album. It's the best song off that album. It's, it's 50 Cent's it's best the, song. It's 50 Cent's best song. Absolutely. That's his legacy. That's his legacy. Uh, what do you think about this one? I thought it was fine. You know, like, I'm not sure I care much for multiversal Batman stories. Um, okay. Because, uh, being that, that kind of fan, but it's just like, why should I care? Right. You know? Uh, he's going to leave. He'll probably make things better. See you next time. Um, unless, like, this is a romp through the multiverse that he's going to be going through. Then maybe, but then these arcs are too long, you know? Um, so. I, I, I think this arc's going on a little too long. I think this might have been better as like a, a two a two issue arc. It feels like it's dragging along. I don't like there's that the whole red mask guy, like there's kind of a mystery about who he is. Like, I don't care. Um right. that doesn't really drive me to 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 want to read more. But like the art's good and like what's going on is 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 solid. I mean it's not a bad written book. It's just like, eh. Sure. I'll keep reading it because I, I like Zdarsky's Batman and like, but like I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I'm reading it to get to the next arc. Right. I it's, that's kind of unfortunate. I remember uh, when we reviewed issue 132, I was down on this and this issue actually pulled me back up. down on it, not down for it. I was down. Uh, yeah. I was down on this. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, Sometimes going issue- down on, on it is a good thing. So, uh you can keep going let I me mean, let me I have mean, that and just keep yeah, yeah you can go past you, that you got it you got it you got it uh i i felt like this issue finally kind of brought the emotional elements Agreed. to it by adding alfred to the mix which was really great see i have an issue with that though okay they keep doing it how many different books is like the tease of alfred maybe coming back okay yeah i agree it's in like four different books right now you're right um so that just seems like, all right, we get it. Just bring them back already. You got, you want them back so much. Like you're trying to have their cake and eat it too, in my opinion. But yeah, it, it would almost, well, I guess it's not quite the same, but my mind wanted to make the comparison between like uncle Ben. And I would be mm. like, if uncle Ben was teased to be coming back in every other issue of Spider-Man, but they obviously never ended mm-hmm. up doing that. It, it, it is a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't want to say tacky, but it's like the guy is supposed to be dead and, you know, we shouldn't be seeing him constantly. But that being said, you know, I bought into it because this is the multiverse 
And I got something out of that scene. I definitely did. Um, otherwise, I, I enjoyed the action a lot. I'm I'm still into the dynamic between this version of Bruce and this version of Selena. Sure, sure. I think that's a that's a probably one of the stronger points of the issue. Um yeah. what happened to Skeleton Gordon? He he just wasn't around in this one. I forget how the last one yeah. resolved. Um, but I know there was something with Gosh, but I ju- I just genuinely yeah. don't remember. How and, that and, I, was and I don't think there's any real emotional weight to this, like a uh, this uh, a pseudo Robin character that's in this too. You know, this younger sure. ward that he's kind of gotten in this multiverse. Yeah, um, like I couldn't even tell her tell you her name really. Like I she's, it's almost like she was supposed to be important in it, and they dropped halfway through. Um. Well, that's the thing with these sort of sorts of stories, what you were pointing out earlier regarding multiverse stories. If it's going to be short, which this sort of feels like it is, it's hard to connect with these characters. So that's why it's like, yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing Alfred because I already know Alfred. I don't need to learn about Alfred. If there's someone new I got to learn about, like a brand new character alongside different versions of characters that I already know and all these different, it's too much. And I would rather them not try to introduce me to somebody who's going to be yeah. gone in two issues. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Mike Hawthorne art, it's always good, right? Yeah, I think the, the art's really good, actually. I like the, yeah. this design for the this kind of ramshackled, put-together bat suit. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's somewhat intricately designed, but not like New 52 Flash. But like he had to put this together on a on a, on a budget and a t- and a clock, exactly. you know. So it, it exactly storyline wise, it makes sense, right? I I completely agree. I like what Hawthorne is bringing to the table. Um, I think I would like to see the art be different for the next arc, and I haven't looked at the Same. solicits to know that. But for this arc, I I am enjoying what we're getting for sure. Um, I'm still. I'm still into this. I'm still into it. Even though we know it's a toy man, you know, Do toy. We? Don't we? It could be a a, a swerve there. I mean, I, I will say I like the backups a lot. I think the backups are fun. The backups are good. I, I guess I'm just running with that assumption, but it could be a swerve. You're right. It could be a swerve. There are. So, Sean, I just looked up solicits going to uh, what do we have? May at this point. Um, it's still the same arc. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I yeah. take back what I said about short. I guess it's ending with the uh 135, which is a technically a 900 uh 900 issue, an anniversary issue at 56 pages. So okay, I assume right. it ends there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I actually do remember reading that solicit now. Atomic Hound says they're still deciding if they want to do 5G. Alfred dying is one of the triggers. Yes, absolutely. We talked about that in our 5G breakdown. Um I I guess like I guess to the fact that Alfred is dead still doesn't resonate cuz I'm so annoyed that he's dead. Like I just feel like he should be back already. I I think the opposite. I feel like that he, he should be dead and that's it. He should be Uncle Ben. What? Yeah. You want to perma kill Alfred. I want perma, I want perma death. To come back to superhero comics, and if Alfred has to be the sacrificial lamb, lamb for that to come back, no but more, Tyler, no more cucumber sandwiches. But Tyler, don't you realize that that's the road to five G? Well, you know, you what? want what Didio wanted. I want all the frogs to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> so does Didio. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm still in on this book. I'm still excited about Batman. I'm still enjoying it. I think Chip Zdarsky has something good going on here, and I want to see where it goes. Kill him. Kill them all. Death to all of them. <laughs> wow. Quoting my, my girl Wendy Williams there. <laughs> when did Wendy Williams say that? Uh, talking about the Britney Spears is like family and how they, con- they were controlling her. And she goes, you know what? Death to all of them. And the whole crowd just goes like, <gasps> and she's like, oh, wait, wait, sorry, what? 
classic <laughs> Wendy Williams moment. Oh man, you got to look that one up. I might have to actually. There's Wendy a whole Williams compilation of like the crazy shit Wendy Williams said on her show. Great. I've seen some of that. Definitely. Well, speaking of crazy shit, let's talk about Nightcrawlers. Nightcrawlers number two. Anytime I see this book, Sean. Sorry, not to Mm -hmm. cut you off, but do you remember the old commercial for Creepy Crawlers? Not enough to say yes. It was like Creepy Crawlers was like the theme. And it was like you just make these gooey Nightcrawlers (laughs) and like this this toy. Um, That's all I could think of when I see this title. But go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell me about this X-Men book that features Thor on the cover. Oh, man. I know. Uh, So Cy Spurrier writing this one. Andrea DeVito on... (laughs) He's the artist. Or they're the artist. I'm sorry. Uh, Jim Charlemitis. I am sorry that I butchered that. On colors. Wasn't me. Uh, Clayton Cowles on the letters. They need to get... Never mind. Um, well, you want phonetic pronunciation for all these, like like yes, a dictionary? Yes, I, I want that. Yes, that's what I want. I think that would be reasonable for us reviewers. Sure, I have to yeah, say yeah. these uh-huh. names. Sure, people that review comics that just write them are basically cheating, and they're lucky because they don't have to deal with that part of this. <laughs> but then they deal with the part that nobody reads things anymore. So <laughs> that's true. But then they get all the quotes. All the trades have their quotes. They're not quoting true. us. That's true. Because I got to put listening. subtitles on all of our videos going forward. There's now. There's an idea. Now you're cooking with gas. So this is the second issue of Nightcrawlers. Uh, we are in the year 100, and we're neck deep. Good we're man. neck deep in. In this war between uh, the Nightcrawler clones and Mother, what's her name? Mother Superior, Superior Mother yep. what? Yep, yeah, you got Mother it. Superior. I only got that because of the Coheed song. Trust me. Hey, whatever it takes. Right. Um. Yeah. So they're just trying to, you know, rid the world of all the, the world, the the galaxy, the universe of all the sinister, and. I found myself mostly uninterested hmm. by this. Mostly. I think I came I came around on it towards the end, but especially early on, I just felt like it wasn't really clear to me who exactly the speaker was, and I get really frustrated by that. I'm not sure if anyone else had this experience. I'm not sure if you did, but I wasn't sure whose monologue it was. And when I can't sort of picture who the speaker is uh it frustrates me so i don't know if that was just a me thing and there was no faint little uh blue diamond to 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 trick you at the beginning this time Um, i got it like halfway through i think Um, okay yeah so um yeah go ahead i kind of liked it okay and i think what i liked about it is that this whole event i don't care about because it's like what's it matter we know, like, none of this. There's no stakes. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But what I think Cy Spurrier is doing pretty interestingly in this is he's introducing new characters specifically for this story. And their stakes are involved in this story in and of itself. Because they probably won't exist outside of the story. So he's kind of compressing that and an arc for a character into a three-issue, a thousand-year spanning <laughs> uh, story. And I I think it's done right. pretty well to the point where I'm like, oh, this, this, uh, uh, well, what do they call her? Uh, 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 Night Wolverine. What was it? Crawlerine or something? It's like a Wagnerine. Wagnerine. That- yes. 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 <laughs> um, um, but like it, 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 I was like, oh, okay. She's a mother that lost her child. Super compelling, like just archetype of a character there. Sure. Um, and the person that she, puts all her faith in is the one that probably is hiding the baby from her. All right. I got that in one issue. It's almost like I didn't even need the first issue, honestly. Right. Um, I thought this was honestly a better one shot than the first issue. Um, I don't know where it goes and I don't particularly care, but I think this is a, is a well-written um, 
book, I think, especially for the, for this story that's going on right now. It's all event. You ever have, you ever have a writer? I think it really only happens with writers, but I guess you could extend it to artists where you just can't really like understand what they're talking about. Like your POV or like I read at least half this book. And a lot of times (laughs) I was just like, you know what? I don't even know what Seisberg is talking about right now. So it's funny because the answer is yes. And 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 you know who it used to be? Who? Seisberger. There you go. I have that experience with Cy Spurrier specifically. Every time I've read a Cy Spurrier book, I don't know what he's talking about. And I always feel like they're, you know, sort of too wordy. And I read uh, I read Amazing Spider-Man after this. And I was it was such a breath of fresh air. I read Clear before this, mm. and I was happy with that. Because Clear, at least, at least I kind of understand what Scott Snyder is saying. For some reason, I just can't understand Cy Spurrier. So I was frustrated by that a lot of the time. I wish that there was sort of less weight on the dialogue and then the monologues as well. And then there's a point where there's some kind of like some sort of uh, ritual going on or some some such. And it's just a lot on the page. And I wish he would tone it down. Um. But other than that, I do agree that it was a good one shot. I don't understand what this has to do with the larger story. I really don't. Um, I couldn't even I'm tell not, you the larger story, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I want this event to be good, but I'm not sure that I I'm not sure that I'm gonna come around on it. The last issue we reviewed, which was Immoral X-Men, the more I thought about that one, the more I liked it. Okay. You had a stew on it a bit. Yeah. But this, I'm I'm out. So for me, uh, uh, I was with you with Cy Spurrier. I, I think until Hellblazer, that's where it like clicked for me. I'm like, oh, this shit's actually really friggin' good. Um, but I, I think for me, it would have been like Sam Humphrey. Sam Humphrey's just never someone that really clicked for me. Outside of that one book where the guy wow. falls in love with like a dog. Um, but wow, my man said Sam Humphrey's. Let me tell you something. Deep cut. Where's he been? He has a deep cut. In all the years we've been doing the show, you may be the first person to say uh, uh, Sam Humphrey's name on this podcast. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's, it's been a while since I've seen a, a book by him. So, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it, it's just a, it's super wordy, um, and it's like an X Men book. Like, I don't really want that. I mean, I say that, and then you look at Claremont stuff and like wordy, uh, but. It's it's wordy for a reason where this is flowery, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I don't necessarily come to comics because I want to read someone's verbal vomit, for lack of a better immediate phrase. <laughs> it's That's like the best term I, you can come up with. <laughs> in in the immediate, yes. Because it's like it's all nice, you know, and it and it looks good and stuff like that. But I just don't really see the point in the grander scheme of things. And I believe in comics. Um, what I like is when a writer can find a way to convey their message in as little words as it needs, you know, because this is a medium in which the art is very important. And you know, we shouldn't, we don't need to cover that up. And I think there is good art here. I think there's there's some good yeah. art here. This is this there's is some a, a there's some book. wacky things in this book that I enjoy. I think that's I think that's the best part of Sins of Sinister is the wacky chimeras that are showing up. Like what was yeah. one of them? This uh, maggot, uh, multiple man, and uh, someone else. Where it was just like a, a woman with giant maggot tentacles. I was like, that's neat. Yo, that was so crazy, dude. Yes. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the art a lot, uh, I, and and again halfway through I started to enjoy it more. I think, um, but like I read the the uh, the info page, the info dump page. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know, and there's a part at which it's written by Sinister, and there's a part where he says TBH. He write like it's that's what he uh, wrote in no, this. No, no, no. And when I read that, I I turned the page instantly. 
Like I don't. Uh, that's turn the channel off. Yeah. First of all, when did you write this? this? Is a hundred years in the future? They were still saying TBH. You know, when did you write that? Second of all, you know, come on, please. Sinister is more of a to be frank than a to be honest kind of guy. And certainly not a TBH kind of guy. Fair. Well, maybe. My, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Uh, well, what was also cool was seeing OG Nightcrawler in his uh, For two panels in his form. Yeah. Yeah. All in all, I, I, I'm honestly going to pass. Same. I'm going to say pass. It's I, all I, right, but. I'd be curious to see where this uh, once this is all done, we're gonna put it up next to Ten of Swords, and uh, see what you like more. <laughs> L- listen, as much as I dislike Ten of Swords, Ten of Swords had something that this event does not have, and that's Hickman and Apocalypse. Those two factors alone bring it up above Nightcr- uh, Nightcrawlers, Sins of Sinister. You can't even remember the name of the, the, the event. That says something. <laughs> well, because the books aren't even named the event. They're yeah, named whatever they're yeah. named. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's great ridiculous. to see Volstag in a comic, though. I will say that. Volstag. Yeah. Love the Warriors yeah. 3, though. I do love the Warriors 3, but not enough to recommend you guys pick this one up. Sean, I will say. That uh, the beginning of the uh, that X Men uh, Captain Marvel, I think the end of it actually just happened, but that Brood War thing, yeah, um, yeah. very interesting cliffhanger that ties in some. So X Men is tying into Daredevil. I will say that X Men and Daredevil. There's your there's your teaser to maybe catch up, Sean, or just right. read the, or I could just send you the cliffhanger page if you want that. I think you should do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll just do that. yeah. I'm not a lot less work. <laughs> Uh, real quick, I wanted to answer the question of Aaron Ruiz. How's the Sinister, Sins of Sinister event going so far for you guys? We are not really having a blast with it overall. Not no. Yeah, it's not. It's, for us, at least, it hasn't been too great. Not wetting my I whistle. Think, yeah, I think Immoral X-Men might have been the best issue they've put out so far. But to me, that's not saying a lot. It's a weird event. Um... Let's let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man because Tyler and I just could not help ourselves. We had to add this to the docket today. This is Amazing Spider-Man 21. 21? By... <laughs> there you go. By Zeb Wells, John Romita Jr. on art, Scott Hanna on the inks, Marcio Menez on colors, Joe Caramagna on letters. And this is the beginning of the event that will finally tell us what Peter Parker did. How long in the making is this, Sean? This is a long time in the making. I can tell you it's exactly 15 years in the making. How do you make it that far back? This is tying in to my favorite three-issue arc of Spider-Man before Dan Slott joined. This ties in directly to Amazing Spider-Man 555 to 557, which was a Zeb Wells written book drawn by Chris Boccolo with these snow ninjas and this Mayan god acolyte who's trying to become this Mayan god, which I reread after reading this issue. And I'm like, oh, shit, Zeb Wells is finishing a story that he started over a decade ago. I was hyped for it. That's crazy. I can literally picture the cover. Dude, I love those covers. That's what got me into Bacalo at the time. Wow. Then I got into his like Gen X stuff. I didn't even I didn't even remember that at all. Yeah. They 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 have like a little editor's note in this. And I'm like, okay, why do those numbers sound familiar to me? Hmm. And then I, I went to Marvel Unlimited. Great app, guys. We're not sponsored. We should be. Um <laughs> And it's literally he's at the end of that arc. He's like, "All right, I'll, I'll be back." Like the the Mayan gods, like I'll be back. Um, I think they mentioned fifteen years in the comic too. Okay, I I I just assumed this was a new character. Yeah, same, but I'm glad dude. to hear that there's some there's some history there. That's pretty yep. cool. Can can we just? Well, I mean, may, maybe you disagree, but I want to say this. Mm-hmm. You know, John Romita Jr. Gets a lot of hate for sure. I don't um, get it. 
I yeah, I was not at all bothered by his art here. I thought this was good stuff. I forgot that Romita was on this when I like picked it up and started reading it. But then I was like, oh yeah, this is fam- this is so uh familiar. This mm-hmm. is so at home. Like this is look, there are certain artists if you've been reading Spider-Man for long enough that you think about when you read a Spider-Man book and you're comparing it to those people, these are the these are the Mount Rushmore artists on Spider for Spider-Man. Hell, I'm I- not saying Romita's on that Mount Rushmore necessarily. I'm just saying that when I think about what Spider-Man looks like, I think about his art as well. So honestly, I think I think in my head he is up there. On that. It's like Bagley, Ditko, Romita. I guess there's four in Rushmore, right? I had to think about the fourth, but like those are like my my top three that I can think of. Um, honestly, I would say JRJR is even better than JR Senior, but. Ooh, I don't even think that's a hot take at all. It's much more, uh, uh, much more work and much more uh, different things done. Ramita doesn't work in group group books. His Avengers stuff, his action right. comic stuff, eh. but there's like a special sauce that 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 is made when Ramita is on a Spider Man book. And honestly, like this is gonna sound really elitist, but I've done it before, so who cares? Um, people who don't like JRJR, I'm like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, like you don't you don't get good comics, you know. But I think it's good. I sound like a friend I, I, of the show, but hey, you know. I think I think the art's good, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to make sure we said that right away because there's Agreed. so much for me to hate. But you know, it's not perfect, but I it's it feels right. Anyway, let's talk about what happens in the book, and you know, quite frankly. I don't feel like that much happened because the book sort of is splitting its time between two separate uh, story beats. It opens with the, you know, just sort of the, the introduction of this, you know, a character in a cyclone. And we don't know who this is. We don't know what this is. We don't even necessarily know who they are. We just know that Peter and MJ at this point are still together. Right? Or no, this is I'm sorry. This is, this after. is yeah, this is yeah, this is after. present. This is yeah. Yeah, this is present. Then we jump backwards to the one year earlier. Yeah. Where they are still together and we see the sort of um beginnings of whatever it is that Peter did that made people so mad. I think the last thing we saw after uh uh the whatever the beyond spider and beyond was like this big explosion happening with MJ right. and Peter, like after they move in. Right. Um, and then that was it. And this is, yeah, this is the immediate follow-up yep. to that moment, which I like. I like the fact that they're referencing something that happened so long ago. Uh, I do enjoy that part. Um, and that was something that Dan slot set up. Is, is it not? Uh, set up what? Sorry. I was, making that's fine the the uh the the cliffhanger there the beyond arc no that would have been um might have been subwell still at that point okay okay slot was already gone at that point it might you would do it, it, it's past spencer um it's it might be subwell still yeah okay well in any event i that i think that's still pretty cool um i like where this is going i think zeb well spider-man has been good Zeb Wells and Ramita, I'm 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 into it. Yeah, um, I think Zeb it's Wells, been yeah. quality. Okay, what, what Zeb, Zeb Wells? Wells and Kelly Thompson co-wrote some of that. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Okay, but I will say, um, I wished we got a little bit more than this because right now this this felt very much like setup. This felt a lot like okay, now we sort of know who the players are. But what's the meat of this arc? And that's what I'm looking forward to. Because of how much this has been built up, I almost don't want the frills. Mm. Not that I don't want him to make an arc out of it. Do that. But let's get to something crazy now. Maybe I felt like I got that because I went back and reread three issues. <laughs> so Right. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe so. I need to do my homework. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, just trying to like think about just the one issue, th- this one issue. Yeah, it's a lot of like, oh, something's happening, something's happening. What's happening? Uh, oh, there's this guy who's back, Robin or something like that, Raven. Um, editor's note, check out some books. And then bam, we're in some like otherworldly realm sort of thing. I think it's a fine cliffhanger. It's a really cool cliffhanger. It looks like a, a m- ancient Mayan corrupted New York City. Yeah. So uh, that premise is neat to me. So we'll see if that what happens there. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what happens here because we. it is weird that the relationship between the two of them changed so quickly. Are they going to be, is this going to be like a time dilation thing where they're in this world for way too long and it's like living with COVID during COVID times with your partner and like things just get too complicated? Sure. One of those COVID relationships just does not work out, you know? Yeah, we all know about that. Um, what does that mean, Sean? I don't know. I like I like seeing Spider-Man, you know, serve this dude a beat down, even though he kind of was wanting that to make Spider-Man see the future. Would you say? Um, sort of. Sort of his power sits a little obtuse, um. So I, I don't know. Reading the the previous issues, like the guy, it's like there's these ancient Mayan gods. I think it's the god of war or the god of death. I don't know what it is. Um, and there's certain times throughout the year or certain time frame where the veil between gods and humanity is thin, and he can then summon that god to take those gods' powers, and he can pretty much merge with them. Like Hulkbuster, turn turn three, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be like a super powered version of himself. I I never seen these sets though. Like like reading that, there's no shooty things on his hand. So there's still a lot of mystery, even if you don't know the backstory, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm intrigued. I think Zeb Wells' script is clean. He's got a good handle on Spider Man. He understands that less is more. We want to see the Junior Junior art. Um, I would like for, I'm really hoping that the next piece of this arc, um, ramps things up even further and gives us a clearer picture of what we're looking at. Not that I need to know what Peter did right away, but like, what are the circumstances that are going to lead to that? That's what I need the next issue to do. As long as it does that, this is, this is great. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm with you. I did want to highlight before we get to the next book. Atomic Hound in the chat saying that he scored Mrs. Hound, his his wife or girlfriend, a Pals coffee cup and water bottle. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, if you want to get yourself that or your wife that or your significant other, no uh, you can do that. <laughs> you can do that in our store. There's a link to that in the description of anything that you or anything we do. So wherever you're looking, yep. you will definitely be able to find that. Comic Hound, that's super, super cool, and I can't wait to see pictures. Yeah, I'm curious about the water bottle. I have, I have the, the, the coffee cup, but a uh, water bottle I do not have. Yeah, I don't have that either. It's kind of fun, like, who has what? Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> uh, I was going to say, whoever gets the, the Marco bra, send pics, but that sounds inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> send them to Marco. Just send them to Marco. That's send, fine. Send pics of the bra, not necessarily of you in it. Oh, Although Ka- we Catherine accept wanted the socks too. with my face on it. Yeah, uh... No comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh Husband yeah, shot that right. one down. Like, I wonder why. I wonder why. But you should you should look you should look on there just just to see the kind of crazy stuff that we're selling. Yeah, like it's it's wild. It's a weird store. There's a towel there. If you ever you know somebody leaves you alone, and you're a little messy, you know, and they don't know where where to get a towel. Yeah, you get one of those. Yeah. Yep. You know what? We've gotten a lot of these recently. We have gotten a lot of these, but it's time to talk about yet another Scott Snyder number one. This time, yeah, Scott Scott Tober all year long. Because this time we're talking about clear number one by the aforementioned Scott Snyder with art by Francis Manipool. This is a... This is quite a creative team. Francis Manipool, of course, on the art and the colors and world design on the letters. 
This was released as a comicsology book first. Dark Horse has the rights to reprint it uh, in um, in physical, and I'm glad they did that because I did not read clear digital first. You guys know I am not into digital. I only read physical unless I literally must read digital. And I'm glad I waited because this book is fucking crazy. And the art is really, 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 really good. And I think it needs to be held. It needs to be held. It needs to be seen in the physical space to really appreciate what Francis Manipool is doing in this comic book. This was so exciting to read. This was so good. And it wasn't just exciting to read. It was fun to think about. And it wasn't just fun to think about. It was fun to look at. And it wasn't just fun to look at. It was fun to analyze the art. I had a blast with this comic book. This was my pick of the week. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. This was I fantastic. miss Francis Manipal yes. so, so much. Um, Say even it. when he was writing stuff, like, dude, de- good writer too. You know, almost a decent. No, he's good. Um, yeah, seeing him back on a book, uh, and, like, and one that's like not a big two book, I was happy to see. And the premise of this book lets him do some wacky shit. Yeah. The panel work in this is, you know, we talked about, you know, Clayton Henry in the first book we talked about um, not, you know, doing anything crazy. Uh, Manipal's doing crazy shit in this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the whole premise of this book is that um, kind of a Blade Runner, you know, futuristic kind of setting. The world's shit. Uh, how do people escape that? They take these. Is it a pill? Is it a tab? Um, is it a chip? Oh, the, yeah, it's a chip. I don't really know how it's injected but it's something in them yeah yeah yeah. so they take something and it pretty much puts us it's like skinning reality so like if you want to put like a you know a medieval fantasy skin on the world you can um you want to put like an old timey black and white gangster movie skin on the world you can and then your 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 reality is that world and think of that in a comic that manipul is playing with that he's drawing sci-fi he's drawing gangster stuff he's drawing you know dragons and castles Zombies. Um, zombies, yeah. Uh, war books in this, too. Um, it's wild. It's wild. So, a side note, I once was so... I took so much NyQuil once by accident that I had this experience where I was on the New York City subway, and um, I was walking to class, and, like, I had, like... I, like, I skinned my world to look like Tron. Like, I was on the subway, and I was walking to class, but everything was Tron. I was, like, tripped out. I was, like, robo-tripping out of my mind that day. Uh, that's why I don't take NyQuil anymore. But, like, this is possible, too. So, like, I'm just saying, don't do what I did. Yeah, let's make that clear. Don't do Let that. kids know. But, Tron, like, you could do a Tron skin like I did. I read this, and I'm like, wow, this is traumatic. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Catherine, don't man. ask questions, all right? That, that, though, it, it's New York, baby. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that one. Listen, we've all been there, okay? Say no more, all right? We've all been there. Everyone's uh, robo-tripping, seeing Tron? Man, I thought it was special. Yeah. Well, I was referring to what Catherine said, Got which it. I didn't want to repeat on the air. Um, anyway, this is, this is great. Yeah. I got Matrix vibes from this. Strong Matrix vibes. Come on, they live? Ooh, this, yeah, is this live not vibes. a modern-day live? You like They Live, Sean? Yeah, come on, dude. Uh, well, Roddy uh, Piper? I know, yeah, I guess the wrestling, you know, thing there, yeah. Keith David, I'm a big Keith David guy. All right, listen. You got your favorites, I got mine. Uh, yeah, no, a bit of a day, They Live thing there. It, it's almost like a reverse They Live, where everyone sees this weird thing, and, and it's their, our main protagonist is like, nah, I don't, I don't mess with that. I'm just, I just want to see this ugly world in front of me. Right. Um, it's a noir book, which, like, tickles my fancy. Mm-hmm. And you know that Scott Snyder's going to do some bugged out uh, twist because we don't know, like, and this is the brilliance of it, right? We don't know when we're looking through someone else's POV if what they're seeing is reality. True. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if this is its own veil, you know? Exactly. I felt like the first issue is actually setting us up that um, Interesting. in the future. Yeah. I mean, we have our fan fatale on this too, you know, like, yeah, 
I dig this. This is a fun first issue. It's super oversized. It's it's got to be what is this like times three? I read it on Comicsology. I don't. I didn't read. I didn't look at page count. So yeah, it's it's enormous. Show me the girth. Yeah, you got it. Uh, how do you want for, to see for it? you? Oh, oh, it had the spine on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. This is a beefy comic book, to be sure. And I will say that if you yeah, look, Scott Snyder writes a certain way. Scott Snyder's going to start his story the following way. There's going to be a character who's going to tell a story. That story <laughs> is going to be related to the plot, but also to the history of the characters at play in a metaphorical and a literal sense. And somehow in the future, that story is going to play into the rest of what's going on. In this instance, it's a joke told by a, a child to somebody in the book. They say, He says a nine-year-old told that joke. There's no nine-year-old telling that joke. But again, we can't trust any of this shit. It's true. Right? Unreliable We narrator. don't know if it was yeah. a nine-year-old. The whole world is, like, it's not even an unreliable narrator. It's an unreliable world. Exactly. Um, so yeah. anything we see is in question. That's beautiful. But there is, but so there are things that are hallmarks of a Scott Snyder number one that you just have to accept. And if you don't like that, you're, you might have a difficult time. I sort of rolled my eyes in a playful way when I saw the book was starting with another story because I just know this already. This is what Scott does. But if you look past the Scott Snyderisms, uh, the good and the bad, I think this is a tremendous first start. This is such a good number one. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, if you have Comixology Unlimited, you have no excuse not to read this. Um, and True. Uh, B... Uh, pick it up physically. Nice girthy one. You get a good bang for your buck. And uh, my turns of phrases are, are oddly weird today. But <laughs> I I can't gush enough. I'm assuming this is your pick of the week too. Then yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Listeners, this is, this right is, again. Yeah, undefeated. Or well, no, not undefeated. Actually, last week they you guys lost Un- under what listeners. It? Oh my god. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> yeah, it was on me. That one's on me. Because they chose I am Iron Man number one, which we did not like. Yeah. But you guys did it this week. I'm sure the Scott Snyder uh like or retweet helped to edge this yeah, out. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that will definitely do it. But I'm glad we read it. I was gonna read it either way, but I'm Damn. glad we read it on the show so I got to gush. Honestly. Uh, even if it didn't have Snyder on it, like no offense to Snyder, if it's like, hey, new Francis Manipole number one, like that's, I don't even need to see the cover of the title. I'm just going to pick that up. I agree with that. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. 100%. I think Francis Manipole is someone that if I see their name even, you know, writing it, I trust them because of uh, The Flash, right? Yeah. My, Flash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some Justice League stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Go buy this. This has the Comics Pal seal of approval. Go pick this up. It's, uh, like I said, it's oversized. I can't even find the price. Oh, it's five bucks. This is $5. Are you kidding me? For five, I've paid $5 for comics that had a lot less pages. And a lot less quality. I've paid $5 for those flimsy-ass DC books that have their color saturated. Or rather, muted. Um, I've paid more. Amazing. Go buy this comic book. Yeah. That $5 is like a normal comic book. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. $4 is a normal... is a. Is a oh I see I see what you're trying to say yeah 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 I also get the comics college discount because of unlimited but yeah whatever lucky you this is I could have read this for free you could have but hey you got your you got I still think it's worth it exactly yeah exactly it's more than worth it I'm really happy with this book so that is gonna do it for the reviews but the show's not over because we do want to let you guys know. What Tyler and I are looking forward to next week in a segment that we call Pals Pools. Tyler, take it away. Yeah, so it's just Sean and I this week. And uh, Sean wanted to check out Immortal X-Men. Numero dos. God, I'm the yeah. worst Puerto Rican ever. That's a horrible pronunciation. 
Yeah, you need to work on that. So I am not into Sins of Sinister by and large. As I admitted earlier, you guys heard my thoughts. But Immoral X-Men did grow on me, the first issue. Through our review and my further thinking about it, I found that I actually enjoyed it for the most part. So I want to see if there's something here. Maybe I will fall in love with this event in the end. And maybe it will be... uh, through this book. Maybe Gillen will capture me. So we'll see. He's got, got two Rasputin. more chances. Got Rasputin on the cover. He's back. That's a good sign. Yeah. That is a very good sign. Uh, and then he wanted to check out uh, Superman Lost, number one. Is this the same Lost font from the show? What are they doing here? <laughs> no wonder you pick, so you're funny. picking this one, I'm Sean. They got you subconsciously. You know what? Uh, I was just I was just reading about something about Lost uh, today, so I'm glad that uh, you mentioned Lost. Um, so Superman Lost is by Christopher Christopher Priest and Carlo uh, Pagulayan. We actually read and discussed a snippet of this uh, many months ago, where we saw that Superman went on a mission in space, um, and Batman has to tell Lois that. Superman has died because they can't find him anywhere on Earth. Was this and they in don't that know where he is. Action comic special? Yes. Got it. Okay. And so this is that. So I'm really pumped for this. Gotcha. So Superman finds a hatch. <laughs> sure. I feel like the drama here is going to be cool and interesting because Lois has some like anger. Uh, about the situation Clark is coming back sort of desensitized and almost like his humanity has been lost because he's been gone for so long so there's a lot of angles at play and I can't wait to see how Christopher Priest freaks it so this should be fun I love Priest yeah so I'll probably pick this up, pick this up as well yeah. Um, for me I wanted to check out Hellcat number one Uh, it's Christopher Cantwell writing more Hellcat he wrote a lot of good Hellcat in uh, his Iron Man run she was pretty much Tony's love interest in that book um, and I just like Patsy Walker as a character. I've always liked her. Um, so more of that stuff. It looks like she's dealing more with the, the demon side of things she has to deal with. So I'm into that. I like Hellcat. And there's a really cool Peach Momoko cover on this, which I enjoy. Um, and then uh, Batman Incorporated number six by Ed Brisson. Uh, I don't know who the artist on, is on this. I'll, I'll look that up. But um, I'm not reading this. I read the first issue. I felt like I was reading too much, too, too many books at the time. So this kind of dropped off. But this one has Professor Pig on it. Oh. That kind of sells me, you know. It's got Professor Pig and it's got uh, Ghostmaker. Two characters I really enjoy. So, okay. and it's Ed Brisson. There's a lot of uh, a lot of ingredients in that stew that uh, interests me. So we'll see. That sounds awesome. But yeah, those are our picks. The artist, by the way, is uh, Mikel Bandini. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, good good artist. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. picking, picking that up. Yeah, no problem. Thank you all for listening. If you want to vote for which books we should be reading next week, we have a listener poll that goes up every single week. And you can vote to f- determine what the listener pick will be that week. And apparently, we're always going to like it because you guys are X1. For those of you who um, ha- who do vote, uh, we appreciate you on that. Um, make sure that you come hang out with us on April 1st, where we will be interviewing Jeff Johns once again on the main show. So that's Saturday, April 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern, special start time. We're going to talk to Jeff about everything we didn't get to the first time around. WrestleMania Day, Sean- too, Sean. Oh, I didn't back even to put back. that together. Oh man, that's your, gonna be crazy. You gotta get you gotta get your snacks ready. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to go out the night before. I'm gonna have to rest. That's a long day. Get some beauty rest. Show up nice and perked. Perked? Perky? Perked. I don't want to come perked <laughs> for Jeff Johns. All right, just doing a, doing a giant flip into the stairs like you know Perk Angle did back in his TNA days. <laughs> I'm not going to get perky on the podcast. Man, talk about perks and NyQuil. Don't, guys, don't listen to me. Don't. What are you, what are you into? Uh, let's just say I cannot operate heavy machinery anymore. 
<laughs> I'm no longer yeah. forklift certified. It happens. Unreal. As Catherine points out, we are actually uh, 18 subs away on YouTube from 1,000. So help us get to 1,000 subscribers. If you are an active listener and you enjoy what we do, who hasn't subbed because you just forgot. I mean, look, Tyler subscribed to the show the other day. So it goes to show you that, you know, even us, we make mistakes. I was subscribed. I resubscribed to record how to subscribe for a TikTok I'm making. All right, Sean, I've been subbed for years now. I knew you would notice that. <laughs> Likely story. Of course I would notice it. And I was going to save it for the main show, but I, I yeah. just blurted it out. Anyway, uh, watch this show live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Twitch and YouTube slash the Comics Pals. Main show is at 10.15 a.m. Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time, rather. Uh, we will be talking about... John Bernthal returning as the Punisher to the Daredevil Born Again series on Disney Plus and a whole host of other things. Make sure you come ready to chill Saturday morning with your boys. Thank you so much for watching. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week. That feels weird coming from me, but it does. Yeah.